is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the Championship. It wasn't to be for Pompey. Last time out at home to Port Vale, following a valiant first-half display from the visitors at Fratton Park. Ports have got kicked. They take short. Oh, and it's charged down, and Pompey have got lucky there. They still might be punished because Ojo's going to shoot, and Ojo's going to score. A mistake from Macy, and Port Vale have doubled their lead. Life ball in. Jacobs can't get there. Hack it. Shot blocked. Won't fall for Bishop. Jacobs effort. A win very much needed this weekend to ensure the Blues maintain their late push for a playoff place this season. We'll be previewing the visit of Forest Green Rovers on the show tonight. And looking ahead to Pompey's 125th anniversary. Tomorrow's game has been labelled as the club's celebration fixture, billed as just the beginning of a year-long project to commemorate the history of Portsmouth FC. This evening we'll get involved in that and discuss what our favourite Blues memories are. We'll go over some highlights from down the years and Find out what made me do this on live radio. No prizes for guessing correctly there. We'll also catch up with club historian Colin Farmery, who highlights the importance of making such a big fuss of Pompey's birthday this year. Basically, we want to celebrate the club for its history, but also create kind of legacy as well. So this is, yes, it's a year-long celebration, but at the end of it, we really want to have something tangible to show for it. As ever, head coach John Messino will also feature between now and seven, looking ahead to the test that lies ahead on the pitch this weekend. Forest Green, I thought, would be well worth their victory on Sunday afternoon. Having won the game, I think they looked pretty comfortable. They defended really well. They were, they were good value for the win. So I think we should expect that sort of team, one that is scrapping for their lives, clearly. Pompey Community CEO Claire Martin will also be making an appearance, talking about the impact that the John Jenkins Stadium will have on the city. The opportunities this will give the youngsters, well, all sorts of people in the city, you know, our walking footballers and everybody, is so exciting and so needed. All to come here at 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, you're listening to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome along to tonight's instalment of the Football Hour, brought to you by our partners Stagecoach Across the South, driving you through Hampshire and along the South Coast with little fuss. Well, we have got plenty of great content coming up on the show this evening. As you've just heard, we'll be catching up with Pompey in the community CEO, Claire Martin, who talks about a big funding award recently given to them. Club historian Colin Farmery will be joining us to look ahead to a big weekend at Fratton Park, kick-starting the club's 125th anniversary celebrations. 
as well as, of course, for pre-match thoughts of not just myself and my two guests, but Blues head coach John Musino as well. It's also very important for us to hear from you guys tuning in back home too. How many points do the Blues need, in your opinion, from their final eight matches to stand a chance of finishing inside the top six? What has been your fondest memory of following Pompey so far? We want to hear as many of those as possible tonight as we kickstart that celebration for the club's 125th anniversary. And what do you think the score will be tomorrow? Tomorrow, when Forest Green Rovers make their first ever visit to PO4. Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can direct an email to sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm if you're composing a tweet through Twitter or find us over on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We will get to a lot of those shortly. But before we kick on with this evening's jam-packed episode, a reminder of how the Blues came back from two goals down at half-time to recover a point at home to Port Vale last weekend. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. We are underway. Portsmouth are in their usual home kit. They are going from left to right towards the Milton end in this first half. Bennings away for Port Vale down the left into the area. Danger for Portsmouth ball across the middle. They haven't dealt with it and it's into the net. And Port Vale have scored. It's Matthew Taylor. It's a defensive mess from Portsmouth. And Taylor scores for the second time at Fratton Park against Portsmouth. Portsmouth nil, Port Vale 1. Portsmouth goal kick, which they take short. Oh, and it's charged down, and Pompey have got lucky there. They still might be punished because Ojo's going to shoot, and Ojo's going to score. A mistake from Macy, and Port Vale have doubled their lead. Six minutes before the interval, another goal is a mess at the back. Port Vale have taken full advantage. Pompey nil, Port Vale two. Tied to the far post. Raggart pushed to the ground. Yeah, he was. And the referee, as he said, penalty. I think he has, you know. And it's a yellow card for Nathan Smith. Bishop steps forward and it's saved. And the ricochet is cleared half away. And then Harrison puts it behind for a corner. And Porter have wasted a golden opportunity to get one back. And the whistle does go and there's a few boos around Fratton Park. A frustrating first 45 minutes for the men in blue. And they trail Port Vale by two goals to nil. Ogilvy, nothing, another penalty. Has fouled Ogilvy, a second penalty kick. I don't think they can have any complaints about that. Harrison's protesting his innocence. Ogilvy's got to the ball first and he's been hacked down. It's a penalty kick and Bishop has got a chance to partially make amends. Referee will blow the whistle and Bishop scores this time. Keeper dives the right way, it's underneath him. The difference is it's a better struck ball. Bishop has 23 for the season, Portsmouth 1, Port Vale 2. Life ball in, Jacobs can't get there, hack it, shot, block, won't fall for Bishop, Jacobs effort, yes, there's the equaliser! Michael Jacobs swivels and smashes it into the bottom corner, and two goals in a matter of minutes has turned it around at Bratton Park. Portsmouth 2, Port Vale 2. Hackett's looking for it, Hackett, can he get there? Hackett in the box for Pompey! just need to get a ball into the box there's not going to be time for it Rico Hackett 
so close at the end for winning it with virtually the last kick of the game for Portsmouth. But they are going to have to settle for a 2-2 draw at home to Port Vale. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There we are then, the highlights of last weekend's uh, thrilling two-all draw between Pompey and Port Vale at Fratton Park. That result uh, kept the Blues in ninth in League One, um, with results elsewhere, of course, uh, contributing to that. Pompey remains six points off the current top six. Derby County in that final playoff position, level on points with Bolton in fifth. They both have 64 points. Derby County, without a win in two, they've uh, lost actually two on the trot. Uh, Bolton Wanderers, two defeats and two draws in their last four matches just one win in their last six overall so potentially a chance for Pompey for a late push in the playoffs can we capitalise on the form um, or the lack of form shown by the teams above them um, there were some games in midweek since our last show here on Express on Tuesday night a shock 3-1 victory for Exeter City over Inform Barnsley at St James's Park, Barnsley remained fourth in League One and now seven points adrift of the top two. Sheffield Wednesday were away at Cheltenham Town. They were 2-0 down but managed to rescue a point, much like Pompey last weekend, uh, away at Cheltenham Town. So, yeah, two all in that one. And Sheffield Wednesday... That has big, big implications for them at the top of the division. They'd previously gone 23 league matches without defeat. They haven't won any of their last four matches in League One. Their last victory at Fratton Park against Pompey. They're now second in League One, a point behind Plymouth Argyle with no games in hand. So the driving seat really is um, in favour of Plymouth Argyle. Plenty to pick apart on the football hour this evening, as well as, of course, everything we've got to talk about in regards to Portsmouth Football Club and joining me this evening to do exactly all of that. First and foremost, a big welcome to Matt Corrick joining us over the phone lines tonight. Matt, a very good evening to yourself, sir. Yeah, good evening to you too, Jake. Absolutely delighted to be joining you for this big one. Yeah, it, it is a big one, uh, and we'll get to why it's a big one, as you, you know, heard in the intro as well, Matt. But um, going to those results in midweek for Barnsley, defeat for them. Sheffield Wednesday couldn't beat Cheltenham Town without a win in four now at Darren Moore side. Massive implications for the top four. It's not really going to affect Pompey. We know this, but how exciting is this running going to be between now and the end of the campaign as far as the automatic promotion is concerned? Oh, yeah, I mean, massively, it, it, it's all there for the taking, isn't it, at the moment? I mean, I was massively shocked with Barnsley in the week. They they really looked like they were starting to, to hit form and, and maybe going to uh, push really hard for, for that top two position. But, you know, it, it's that time of the season and, and then everyone's battling for, for the most important thing and, you know, everyone's under pressure. Uh, much like last week, you know, with us, I think that, you know, normally on paper, we would have said that was a six pointer. But, you know, it, it's just that time of the season and, and it's going to be who, who can hold their nerve the most, really. And joining us uh, on the Football Hour this evening, we have Pompey audio description commentator, uh, commentator Mark Coates in the studio as well. Mark, hello, sir. Oh, yeah, thanks for inviting me in for, for the big one, as, uh, as Matt said. It is the big one. You're building it up. I hope, I hope we can live up to those expectations. Um, but look, just really briefly before we do move on to the next part, um, Mark, it was a draw for Pompey last time out against Port Vale. A really, really poor first half, wasn't it, at Fratton Park? But to recover it in for second, that's the kind of performance, that's the kind of shift you want to see from the Blues. But if you're going to be throwing away points like that by not starting the game as quickly as you should do, 
you can wave goodbye to the playoffs. Yeah, that's the worry, isn't it? I was looking at the form table. Pompey is still third in the form table based on the last 10 games, but we were having a chat uh, off air beforehand. And in those last 10 games, the three uh, that stand out, the two they've lost uh, and against Port Vale, Pompey have conceded in the first 15 minutes. And you're starting to think, is, is this a, a worrying pattern? Are they just coming up, uh, coming out of the tunnel wearing their pajamas? Uh, do we need to, uh, to, to maybe uh, increase the atmosphere a bit, I guess? Potentially so. Right, moving on very, very quickly and momentarily now um, here on the Football Hour. And there was um, some news in regards to the Pompey in the community um, earlier this week and the build of the John Jenkins Stadium. Earlier in the week, they were boosted by the awarding of a grant from the Youth Investment Fund. I caught up with CEO Claire Martin, MBE, to talk more about this and what it means to the community. Claire, it was announced on Tuesday that Pompey in the community have been awarded a grant from the Youth Investment Fund, which has been allocated to help towards the continued build of the John Jenkins Stadium. First of all, could you tell us a bit about the Youth Investment Fund and how this came about? Yeah, so we've been working on this since uh, last autumn, and it's basically to expand youth provision in the city. So open access sessions, so young people can just turn up to expand the education programs and to, you know, just to make um, the John Jenkins Stadium an even more welcome place. And then we're hoping to backfill the study centre where we are based at the moment. So we'll be able to use that for even more sessions. So just opening up the place and making it accessible and opportunities for everyone. What does this support mean for the completion of the John Jenkins Stadium project? Well, we're well on the way now. I mean, as everybody knows, since 2019, when we started, you know, and planned, then we had COVID and then the sort of world changed. So costs have been uh, increasing and we've um, found it quite difficult as most construction projects at the moment. So this is a massive step towards, you know, getting it done and getting Moneyfields and Pompey Women and ourselves playing there and enjoying the facility. Mm. Many supporters are excited and eager to see the stadium in all of its glory once completed. Is there an update at present as to when we can expect the facility to open to the public for the first time? Um, well, we're hoping in the summer, you know, it'll probably be a, a, a staggered opening with the pitches. The pitches are very almost ready. Um, it's just that we don't want to put the carpet down, the 3G down, and well, until the car park's done, because obviously they'll get contaminated with the mud. So once the envelope of the building is complete and the windows are in and the car park's done, then we can put down the carpet and it will start looking like a, a facility rather than a building site. OK, and with the potential of this new stadium opening during Pompey's 125th anniversary season, what a way to do it. What a time to inaugurate the John Jenkins Stadium. Absolutely. Yeah, we're very excited. You know, I go between being absolutely terrified and overwhelmed by it all to being, you know, really excited because the opportunities this will give the youngsters, well, all sorts of people in the city, you know, our walking footballers and everybody is so exciting and so needed. It can't open soon enough. And a massive, massive thank you once again to Claire Martin, MBE CEO of the Pompey in the community um, down near Fratton Park. Big thank you to Claire for that interview. Some really big news in regards to that funds that they've received and the completion, hopefully, of the John Jenkins Stadium ready um, for next season. Um, just a quick note elsewhere before we do move on. And, and we're going to start to, of course, preview the visit of Forest Green Rovers to Fratton Park tomorrow at Little later on on the show, we'll also come 
on to talk about the 125th anniversary celebrations. But a quick reminder of how the uh, Pompey international players got on during the international break. Joe Morello, of course, on duty with uh, Wales. Dane Scarlett with the England under-20s and Alfie Bridgman um, on a youth um on a youth campaign with Malta as well. Um, Joe Morrell included in a one-all draw uh, with Croatia in their Euros qualifier last week. A great result for them. Very late goal from Nathan Broadhead to equalise in that one. And um, just really looking ahead to uh, something else that was released by Pompey earlier this week, the Statement of Accounts. Um, every year, uh, around about this time of the year, towards the end of March, beginning of April, um, Portsmouth Football Club, as do uh, most football clubs in the country, release of a statement of their accounts uh, year ending uh, June 30th the previous calendar year so this time 2022 really interesting read and you can take a look um, at the at Pompey Twitter account that was posted yesterday at 12 o'clock if you do want to uh, have a quick nose at that that'll be something that myself and a few other guests will be talking about in a bit more detail when we've got time to unfortunately not on tonight's show um, as we've got so much to get through between now and 7 o'clock anyway um, but moving on to, to some injury concerns, Mark, we, we we saw Paddy Lane pull up recently with what looked to be a hamstring injury. It was originally feared that it could be anything up to six weeks. However, fortunately for Pompey, John Messino has since come out and informed our colleague Andy Moon uh, from BBC Radio Sonam that it's actually uh, potentially could be a lot sooner of a return for Paddy Lane. Um, in, in the build-up between now and the end of the campaign, as Pompey are looking to really claw their way back up into potentially a top six position, how key is this news to have Paddy Lane back and, and fully fit? Not this weekend, potentially next weekend of a week after. Yeah, you can say he's been a bit part player, but every single game he's been uh, getting more minutes, hasn't he? Uh, and now that he really is making some lovely runs in behind, he runs at an angle, doesn't he, across that back line, avoiding the offside, and players are finding him, and he's, he's creating all sorts of all sorts of problems. It was a real shame uh, to see the team come off, but good news, of course, that he could be back in a couple of weeks, uh, and, uh, and I, I don't think it could be long before we see him doing some international uh, duties as well. Potentially so, of course. Uh, eligible for the Republic of Ireland is Paddy Lane. Right, we've got a big game to preview here on the Football Hour, and I'm not just talking for reasons on the pitch, uh, though they too are extremely important. But this weekend's kickstarts Pompey's 125th anniversary celebrations. After the break, we'll talk about that and hear from one of the club's historians, Colin Farmery, who reminisces about his favourite memory following the Blues. My pinnacle Pompey memory was when we went to Old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup in 2008. And the reason why I say that is suddenly you pull out Man United away in the Cup as your quarterfinal draw. Yeah, it kind of basically deflated us all, didn't it, really, in lots of ways. So to have gone up to Old Trafford and won the game and really kind of out Fergie Fergie, really, I suppose you could kind of say, that that for me was the, was the pinnacle. That was the day we really won the FA Cup. Don't hesitate to let us know yours too. What has been your fondest memory watching Pompey over the years? 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express. Email sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm on Twitter or head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We'll hear more from Colin and more, of course, from Matt and Mark when we return shortly here on Express FM. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5. 
a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10. Bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Hello there, welcome back and good evening. You join us here on the Football Hour on Express FM across FM, DAB and online right the way through until 7 o'clock. And if you've just joined us and have missed part of the show, fear not. Before replay of tonight's episode will be available to download and replay from our website, expressfm.com forward slash podcast, the Apple app and Google podcast apps and also Spotify too. Very, very shortly after the live airing of the show this evening. So keep your eyes peeled across our social media Media platforms for that. And a big shout out to our sponsor, Stagecoach South, for supporting this season's series of the Football Hour. Be sure to visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services on offer in your area. So, Pompey kickstart their 125th anniversary celebrations when they host Forest Green Rovers at PO4 tomorrow. There have been plenty of ups and downs with this football club since 1898, and we want to know your favourite Blues memory. We'll give you a few moments to get in touch and let us know. Perhaps something from this will help jog your memory. I just want to say, I want to say this. Uh, I've been for 20 years, and I swear on my kids' life, I've never played in front of anything like this crowd Portsmouth 7, Reading 4. I can't believe it. I honestly cannot believe it. Maguire now. He's going to take a shot. And he's on a finish. There's no better sight for Pompey fans. This shot didn't look on. It was on the edge of the penalty area. But Maguire with the eye of the spectacular. Trip past Calvin Davis. Top corner. No chance, Southampton. And Pompey are right back in this game. And Southampton, you're not top of the league anymore. Because it's Pompey 1. Long ball into the edge of the box. Pressure wins his header. Shot on goal. Oh, what a goal! David Norris has equalised for Portsmouth in injury time. And the northern end of St Mary's explodes in blue colour. It's an Easter cracker from David Norris. And they've pulled it out of the fire here, Portsmouth. And the bench are on the pitch. And the supporters have exploded with delight. What a strike by David Norris. He used to be a waiter to David Norris. Well, he served up the perfect cocktail here. What a volley with the left foot. Kelvin Davis sprang it. It was dropping down with snow on it. An away win for Pompey in the high court. Is the club's future now secure? A 
H-A-P-P-Y, a victory for Portsmouth Football Club after beating the taxman. I guess a mixture of uh, relief and, uh, and uh, delight, probably, uh, for, the, for the staff here for uh, who have put in a, a huge amount of uh, effort and uh, shown a great loyalty to the club. Uh, for the supporters in particular, who again have stood by the club through incredibly difficult times, and for the whole city of Portsmouth, that uh, you know it's a, a really positive step, and hopefully the club now can move forward and, and survive and, and compete in the championship next season. Jamalo's there in support. Here is Jamalo onto his right. Fires a shot. Jamalo! Oh, fantastic! In front of those 4,000 Pompey fans, Jamalo has scored his second Pompey goal. There's a free ball to Jamalo. Jamalo's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamalo! Nonchalant! Fantastic! Brilliant! Pompey will be promoted at this rate. And it's a second for Jamalo, a third for Pompey. And that surely wraps things up here in Nottingham. And there is the full-time whistle. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Just suddenly opens up this Cheltenham defence and Naismith's never going to miss that one. A lovely finish in 6-1. Started the day in third place, but that's that. Portsmouth have won the game. And they'll know, and the fans will know, that Doncaster Rovers were beaten. Plymouth dropped points as well, and that means Portsmouth are League Two champions. Curtis going for the dead ball, and into the corner! What an effort from Rodan Curtis! Low brings it down, Low could be in, Jamal Low over the goalkeeper, into the back of the net! Jamal Low! British shot off in celebration! 40,000 Poppy fans go wild! Eyes on Michael Brown the screen again, here we go, steps up, Stutters scores! Into the back of the net, Ollie Hawkins is the man with the penalty and the chance to win it. He steps up, back, he'll hit it right footed, and he'll score! Plenty of fantastic memories following this football club. And right at the end there, um, I said in the intro, no prizes for guessing correctly what game that was that made me go absolutely mental at Fratton Park. It was, of course, the free 2 victory of Exeter City in the uh, Papa John's Trophy, or the Leeson.com Trophy it was back then, wasn't it? Back in 2020, right before um, lockdown had started. Um, talking on a, on a radio station called Love Sport, which unfortunately no longer with us, um, I was initially, Matt, supposed to be talking about how the game had gone. There'd been quite a bit of extra time. It was supposed to be just a summary of the match. I ended up joining the station and the chat for that one whilst the game was one all. Um, and I ended up commentating on the final three goals um, in injury time. Matt, um, I, I guess that should probably explain why I'm not a commentator because I, I don't think I could hold it together if Pompey had got promoted. 
I don't, to be honest, Jay, could, could anyone have held it together in that moment? No. I mean, it, it was an incredible game of football. Um, it, it was absolute mental. I, I just still, to the day, can't, can't figure out how that game ended like that, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, the, the first, like, 80 minutes of that game were absolutely shocking. It, it was a terrible game of football, and it, it just turned in that moment, didn't it? And, yeah, crazy, but I, I, I fair play to you for even attempting it, to be honest, Jake, because I don't know if I could have spoken through that. I wasn't supposed to. I, I, yeah, I, I, I was trying so hard not to. Yeah, I, I lost it, basically. Um, Mark, plenty of moments to, to remember being a Pompey fan, plenty of, obviously, to forget as well, but we're not here to, to talk about the, the bad points in the club's history. We're here to celebrate the 125th birthday of Pompey overall what would be your pinnacle moment following Pompey not necessarily you didn't necessarily have to go to the game but just your pinnacle moment following this football club that's uh yeah that's 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 a huge question isn't it? just to pick one I can't just pick one I've got to think about Pedro <laughs> Mendes scoring about yeah. against Man City against uh, David James as well of course the irony of that um a particular goal and then Matty Taylor's goals the, the one against Everton I was sitting in the Milton end uh, just behind that mm. as it dropped in absolutely lovely that was I was gonna uh, say Matty Taylor you can just pick any goal oh he, he, he only scored world-class goals didn't exactly. he he was lovely for us Him and Gary O'Neill as well mm-hmm. in that game against Fulham when the, the great escape really started to, to build and f- for me it's an, it's an odd one but I just remember at the end of that game against Fulham Barry Harris coming over uh, and just waving his arms and getting all, <laughs> all animated in front of all the uh, supporters as they went off because you have to go past them don't you to get out yeah. the tunnel yeah. at Fulham and that suits us that ground doesn't it our, our away following it's an old ground like ours um, and that was a real magic moment for me as well Plenty, of course, uh, recent history for Pompey. On this day, four years ago at Wembley Stadium, the Checker Trade Trophy final against Sunderland, a match uh, many were looking forward to, of course, with the numbers in attendance and the, the, the sheer capacity that the Wembley Stadium were hosting that day. But the fact that we were playing Sunderland as well made that occasion really big. But the Jamal Lowe goal to put Pompey 2-1 up in extra time, the Ollie Hawkins penalty to win that trophy. Um, for, for me, it, it is only the EFL trophy, but for me, that is one of my favourite moments following Pompey Um, from a personal perspective as well to be able to cover that here on Express FM to go live on the pitch in front of the trophy celebrations um, just absolute goosebumps and something I'll never ever forget but then of course you've got the pitch invasion at Notts County um, for the 2017 promotion and then the pitch invasion at Fratton Park even though Michael Doyle told us not to um, a few weeks later with that 6-1 victory over Cheltenham Town those are my top three games I know they're recent history but I am only 24 years old and I don't I don't remember the 92 FA Cup semi-final unfortunately and um, yeah the 2008 FA Cup run I do remember it unfortunately wasn't able to go to the games um, myself um, Matt as myself and Mark have already alluded to plenty plenty to pick from but do you have one particular moment which stands out to you yeah I mean it, it, if you've got a pick Jake it, it's got to be the, the Milan at home to be honest with you um, there's there's never going to be another night like that at Fratton I don't think um, absolutely incredible um, you know the, the ground was shaking the noise was unbelievable and yeah the result was even better and to, to see that kind of quality at Fratton Park was unreal so yeah that, that's definitely my favourite Pompey moment Lovely stuff who could forget that AC Milan game of course at Fratton Park in 2008 in the UEFA Cup of course you've got the FA Cup semi-final against Harry Redknapp's Tottenham in 2010 as well and uh, Colin Farmer we'll hear from him in a second he mentions the Pompey Champions of England team 1949-1950 and of course the 1939 FA Cup winners against Wolverhampton Wanderers who could forget that? If anyone's um, listening to the show and you were at the FA Cup final in 1939, 
get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, no, some, some incredible memories following Pompey um, throughout the years as well. Mockers on Twitter says the best memories supporting Pompey are watching great players, meeting not so good players who are better people, making numerous friends for life, seeing us win at Wembley, which happened on numerous occasions, Mockers, witnessing amazing goals and skills and being a part owner as well. I love this club. Hashtag Pompey family says Mockers on Twitter. Thank you very much for getting in touch. And Dave Byrne on the emails. Good evening, Jake. Really looking forward to seeing some of our former players back at Fratton Park tomorrow. I went to the evening with Robert Prozinecki three weeks ago and seeing all those different players brings back so many great memories. As for the match, it's another one we should win by a couple of goals. Midfield team selection will be interesting. Player Pompey, Dave in lists on the emails. Thank you very much for getting in touch. We'll have more from you guys back home. We'll have more from Mark and Matt here on the Footblower in part three. When we start to preview really uh, the match at hand for the Blues this weekend, Forest Green Rovers, the opponents at Fratton Park for the first time in the club's history. And in the lead up to this game, I caught up with club historian Colin Farmery, first asking why he feels it's important for us to recognise the Blues past and celebrate for club's history. Yeah, I think it's very important. I mean, I mean, obviously, the club has got a tradition of of marking twenty five year periods. We did our golden jubilee in nineteen forty eight forty nine. We did our seventy fifth in seventy three four. We had a centenary in nineteen ninety eight ninety nine. We did an odd little 110 back in 2008, which didn't really fit. But here we are again. We're now we're now on the 125th, and I think you know I'm I'm really excited about it. I was I was really honoured when the club gave me the opportunity to head up the steering committee to to, to help deliver it. So I just think it's, it's incredibly important. You know, the heritage of a football club is is something we can all share in. We can kind of like enjoy those great moments and perhaps some of those not so great moments as well in the past, recognise some of the personalities that have been involved. Basically, we, we want to celebrate the club's rich history, but also create kind of legacy as well. So this is, yes, it's a year long celebration, but at the end of it, we really want to have something tangible to show for it. And we know Saturday will be just the beginning of a year-long project to celebrate the anniversary. And there's plenty for supporters to look forward to in the coming months too, isn't there? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah this is literally just the beginning. We wanted to choose the game nearest to our April the 5th birthday. And what we decided to focus on, because at the end of the day, any football club, you know, the, the key thing is what goes on on the pitch. What we wanted to make sure that we did is, is, we, is we celebrated the players. So the birthday game is really going to be the focus is going to be on the players. We've got a tremendous kind of lineup coming down. We've got you know at least thirty former players. It could be as as high as forty if they if they all kind of like you know end up arriving. But there'll certainly be at least thirty here, and we, we've got some great names. You know, Toddy's going to be down. We're hoping Yakubu's going to be down. Paul Walsh is going to be there. I think Guy Whittingham's going to make an appearance. Sort of like you know diving off from his from his radio appearances on Solent and Express. So he he's going to be there as well. We've got some some older players though we've got got you know the likes of Norman Piper's going to be in the stadium Richie Reynolds is going to be there from the 1970s McMello's 1970s too we wanted to make sure what we did with this was that we was the recognize the whole Pompey family and to that end as well you know we, we we've got some of the key players in the history of Portsmouth FC women coming as well so you know Gemma Hillier is going to be there Kirsty Pierce is going to be there Lita Rutherford's going to be there as well because at the end of the day you know Portsmouth has got a rich history with its football club that spans not just the men's team, but obviously the women's team are a fantastic outfit as well. One thing coming up in the near future, for example, is the new official history of Portsmouth Football Club book, which can be pre-ordered soon. Can you tell us a bit more about this book and how fans can get a hold of their own copy? 
The book is a project that's in progress at the moment. Um, I, I've got the privilege of editing it. So I think I was involved in writing the, the centenary history and I've done one or two sort of other books as well since. So so this was very much a project that that, that I wanted to, to do. It's the first major history of Portsmouth Football Club that covers its entire history since that centenary history, which was published in 1998. And uh, in some ways, we've got the old band together in the sense that, that we're going to be working with Bishop's Printers. They're kind of like leading on it as they did, did back in 1998 with the centenary history. But also what we wanted to do is we wanted to do it to be not only a, a kind of you know a definitive history of the club, so it's going to be absolutely bang up to date right up to the end of the current season when when it's finished. But also we wanted to give a fresh perspective on it as well. So all the authors, they're actually kind of new authors to to, to writing this sort of book about Pompey. So so we've we've got we've got the likes of Neil Allen who's done his stuff on the news. Steve Bone, some people will be familiar with as well. We've also got Johnny Moore from the football club. He, he's doing a section from the war up until the early 1970s. And then and then prior to that, we brought in a couple of people from the History Society who've got particular expertise around the, the immediate pre-war period. So 1920 through to 1946, that's going to be a guy called Jerry Spraggs. And then around the foundation of the club, We've got Mick Combin, who, who's very much the expert on that. He's done some amazing research into, into how the club was founded. So it's very much going to be a fantastic book. It's going to be available for a subscriber edition from, from Monday the 3rd of April. And the you know, the personalised subscriber edition, uh, that's going to retail at kind of £49. But it's going to be a proper coffee table book, nearly 400 pages, yeah, I, I'm really excited about the prospects for it and it will be hitting the, the bookshelves in um, in September. And during your time as a club historian, you have helped with many projects with such in-depth research and fact-finding missions. From these experiences, what would you say has been the club's proudest moment, either on or off the pitch, since its formation in 1898? It's a fantastic question you ask about well, what, what is the moment, if you like, that, that kind of summarises... Pompey's best moment and there there are a whole load of things right you know there's been the first club south of England to win the FA Cup there's kind of a you know winning the FA Cup in 2008 you know you look at the winners of the FA Cup since Premier League era there's not many like Pompey on there Wigan Leicester are perhaps the only two in, in that in that bracket you know we've got as well you know the fact that we we won League Two as, as a community owned club was a fantastic achievement we won promotion at the Premier League under Harry with that fantastic team in 2003 but I suppose if I'm going to choose the first among equals, I think it's going to be the day in May 1950, May the 6th, 1950, where we beat Aston Villa at Fratton Park 5-1. And that clinched the league title, Champions of England, for the second season in a row. And at the end of the day, when you look at the teams since the Second World War of one consecutive league champions, the list reads Portsmouth, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, Manchester City, that's it. So for Pompey to have put themselves in such elite company in terms of like you know, winning the league twice in the row, I think I'd have to plump for the day that the team clinched the, clinched the first division title, Premier League in new money for the second season in succession. And just finally, as a supporter yourself, what has been your favourite memory from following Pompey? Oh dear! Well, again, you know, there there are so many to choose from. I mean, I've been a Pompey fan since 1970, and and it's been such a part of the fabric of my life. You know, it's very difficult to kind of pick it apart and and kind of think, well, what's going to be the absolute best? 
I'll tell you what it is because I told the story yesterday. My pinnacle Pompey memory was when we went to Old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup in 2008. And the reason why I say that is I'd never seen Pompey play at Wembley. And I think, you know, we kind of felt that season we had half a chance, particularly after we, I think we'd scraped past Preston in the fifth round. Um, and, you know, you kind of think your name's on the cup. And then suddenly you pull out Man United away in the cup as your quarterfinal draw. You know, it kind of basically deflated us all, didn't it, really, in lots of ways. So to have gone up to Old Trafford and won the game 1-0 and really kind of out Fergie Fergie, really, I suppose you could kind of say. That that for me was the, was the pinnacle. That was the day we really won the FA Cup because after that we became favourites for it, which was only pressure. You know, I didn't enjoy the semi-final or, or the final at all, really, apart from the outcomes. So, so that Man United away game is, is the first among equal. But I will kind of put against it as the second among equals was, was the, the Sheffield United game in 2013 on the day that we become community owned that was a monumental achievement you know all the, the the history books will record and the annals record what we did as a, a, a supporters there to save our football club it remains one of the most extraordinary achievements i think in english football to be honest because it, it, it portsmouth football club was a complete and utter disaster at that time so to have not only bought it out of kind of like you know into community ownership but then to have nurtured it got it back on its feet and to have won the league when we beat Cheltenham on the last day of the season, yeah, that is a monumental kind of like achievement by us all in that way. And once again, a big thank you to Colin Farmery from the Pompey History Society. Great insight into his favourite memories following Pompey and uh, reminiscing, of course, on the history of the football club and looking ahead to the celebrations that will take place at Franson Park tomorrow afternoon. We'll come on to talk a bit more about that in the third and final part of the show. And after the break, we'll round up our preview of tomorrow's encounter with Forest Green Rovers and hear from Blues head coach John Musino. The message is, you know, you make a huge, huge difference, as I've always said, and, and stick with us. Sometimes things won't go 100% to plan but but stick with us we're, we're making sure that we're we're putting every effort into to get the results and get the performances that everybody at Fratel Park wants to see Messino's pre-match thoughts the final reaction and interaction from you back home and a closer insight into this weekend's opponents with Kirsty Roxanne to come when the football hour reaches its conclusion next this is the football hour 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the third and final part of tonight's episode of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to view updated timetable information and prepay for your travel too. Not long to get your final thoughts and score predictions into the show, Pompey fans. If you haven't done so already, all the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. Right, I'm going to give you a few moments to pick up your phones and get in touch whilst we take a listen to our latest of our this week's opposition features and a new voice to deliver it to you as well. Kirsty Roxanne provides all you need to know about Forest Green Rovers. 
The Blues had to fight back to secure a 2-2 draw against Port Vale last Saturday. Let's hope they can get back to winning ways as we head back to PO4 this Saturday to celebrate 125 years of Portsmouth Football Club to take on bottom of the league for our Green Rovers. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Earlier in the season, in the reverse of this fixture, Pompey came out on top by scraping a 1-0 win at the new lawn. That was the first, and to date, the only competitive meeting between the two clubs. Time now to take a closer look into Forest Green and the next test for John Bassinio. Manager. Former Scottish striker Duncan Ferguson, who started his career at Dundee United in 1990, is now at the helm of the Green. Ferguson made a move to Rangers before spending the remainder of his playing career in England. The 51-year-old featured for Everton and spent a short stint at Newcastle United before retiring at the aforementioned Everton in 2006. Taken on the manager role only two months ago, Ferguson finally got his first win as manager last Sunday, pulling off the shock of the weekend to beat Sheffield Wednesday by a goal to nil in front of the television cameras. One to watch. A one to watch this weekend is midfielder Harvey Bunker, a local lad who grew up within a PO postcode. Only 19 years old, he joined Forest Green and made his debut in November 2019. Bunker came up with the Rovers this season from League Two and was awarded as the EFL Man of the Match in their most recent win against Sheffield Wednesday. This performance came after he was recalled from his end-of-season loan spell at Scunthorpe United, who he had joined in February with the aim of getting some first-time minutes under his belt. They recently recalled by Duncan Ferguson to aid their survival attempts. Last time we saw these two teams meet, Bunker made it his mission to keep Ronan Curtis under his wing. Not letting him out of his sight, he didn't allow Curtis to have a chance of making any advancements at the new lawn back in October. Top scorer. Midfielder Miles Pat Harris is currently Forest Green Rovers' leading scorer this season with six league goals to his name. The highly rated attacking midfielder came to Forest Green on loan from Brentford at the start of this season and has proved to be a key player in the starting 11 throughout this campaign. The 20-year-old Bees Loney, who wears the number 25 for Forest Green, also has one goal in the Papa John's Trophy this campaign. Current form. After meeting Duncan Ferguson's side in Gloucestershire for the first time in League One back in October, the two teams have since kept quite a distance in the league table. With Pompey currently in ninth and Forest Green sitting at the bottom of the division in 24th, 15 places and 32 points behind the Blues. Relegation back to League Two is looking likely to be round the corner for Rovers, who have in their last 10 league outings secured victory just once whilst recording two draws and seven defeats. Duncan Ferguson's side have collected just 26 points from a possible 114 so far this season, with most of them being collected on home soil. Winning their first match since December last Sunday against automatic promotion contenders, could this be a change around for the side and the start of an unlikely great escape? Could they climb up the table just before the end of the season and keep their place in the third tier? Or can Pompey keep Rovers at the bottom of the table and continue their own march toward playoffs? Tune in for all the unmissable action on Pompey Live this Saturday, April 1st from 2pm. Yeah, big thank you to Kirsty Roxanne for providing that uh, in-depth analysis on to uh, Forest Green Rovers um, this weekend. And Kirsty will be helping us uh, throughout the build-up on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from Fratton Park as we head to the fan zone behind the Fratton end to speak to a few Pompey legends. Got an exciting show coming up for you here on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. Um, Matt, we heard there from Kirsty in regards to Forest Green Rovers. They are rock bottom of the division. They are looking likely to be relegated back 
back down to League Two this season. But a big win for them last weekend against Sheffield Wednesday, a result no one saw coming. Duncan Ferguson, one win in the last ten. Do you think that win for them could could really provide some some warning signs for Pompey this weekend? I mean, to be honest, I, I think there's, there should be warning signs there anyway, really. I mean, yes, it's slim, but they're, they're still fighting in the division and, and therefore they're going to not just turn up and roll over. You know, it's it's not by any means done. They can sort of still get out of this. So, you know, yeah, it, it, it most certainly now that they've beat Wednesday, I mean... I don't, Wednesday again, you know, as I said earlier in the show, they've they've got a lot of pressure on them, and and whether that was just a blip, um, and, and Forest Green Rovers took advantage of that, you know, it, it's to be seen, isn't it? But yeah, we we need to be alert, and and we really need to be patient. I think this weekend, mm. Mark, what do you think the key is between Pompey um, winning this game and dropping points like they did last weekend? What's got to change from that result? Well, it's like we said earlier, it's got to be that first 15 minutes. We've got to be switched on. We've got to take control of the game. Um, and, uh, and and in theory, having leaked 71 goals, you can't see Forrest Green keeping another clean sheet, although they defended like Lions, of course, against Sheffield Wednesday. I agree with Matt. That's a blip. Um, we need to take take control and, and show what, we, show what we're what um, we about. And, and I do think there's going to be some changes in and around that playoff place. I can't see Derby staying in the playoffs. I, I think Peterborough are going to take their place. Bolton will slip down to six with the game they've got coming up and I think it'll be between us and Peterborough actually uh, come the end of the season Final thoughts of both Mark and Matt to come as well as score predictions too but first be pre-match comments of John Messina he's with Max Swatton Well John you've had another full week of training what have you been able to do in that time? Yeah I take a bit of take a bit of stock after the game at the weekend that was the first thing that we did and then yeah back, back at it on the training pitch trying to work on a few things that we're going to try and implement a few of the um, bits that we've learned off the back of Saturday's results and you know just another week to again work on quite a bit of the, the the things that we've missed out on particularly with that big run of games over those three weeks so yeah really good to be out on the training pitch and and um, you know ever since we've been back in it's been uh, full focus on preparation for Forest Green. What specific key areas do you need to improve on after Saturday perhaps? I think you know there's quite a few we weren't particularly pleased with the first half performance in particular on Saturday and there were a couple of defensive errors that we've worked on the detail of how we're going to cut those out and what we we didn't like particularly with the the first goal uh, and then and then also I think we were just we we're not quite patient enough with the ball at times and um, there were just quite a few things that we were really sloppy with on on Saturday that ultimately cost us in terms of the three points and not being able to win the game. So, yeah, plenty of areas of, of improvement. There's always going to be, even I think when we win games, we come away from it thinking that there's plenty of work to do on the training pitch. Forest Green coming into the game on the back of a good result last Sunday. What sort of challenge are you expecting this Saturday? Well, I think we should expect a challenge, um, you know, worthy of a side who've just beaten. Uh, you know, they're not league leaders now, but, but a side who were who were right up there and obviously came to Fratton Park and, and won the game. And Forest Green, I thought, were well, um, you know, well worth their victory on Sunday afternoon. Having won the game, I think they looked pretty comfortable. They defended really well. They were they were good value for the win. So I think we should expect that sort of that sort of team, one that are scrapping for their lives. Clearly, they've probably been a bit unlucky in terms of the run that they've been on, not managing to to win a game up until Sunday. So. Uh, you know, a side full of confidence coming here uh, again to, to probably win the game. So we've got, to, we've got to face that and we've got to make sure we're ready for the challenge. Dane and Joe have impressed for their respective countries on the international break. When will they be available for selection again? Yeah, they'll both be available this weekend. Brilliant. And Clark Robertson, we obviously saw him return uh, for the 45 minutes. How impressed were you by him and how much does it mean to sort of have that leadership back in the side? 
Yeah, I mean, Clark's been brilliant since the moment I, I set foot in the building. Uh, even though he was he was injured on a on a relatively long term one, he has been a great great character to have around the place. Clearly, he's his club captain, and he was sorely missed, I think, in the change room day to day in terms of. Um, what he brings on the training pitch and what he brings on match day. So it was really, really good to have him back. I thought he performed really well over 45 minutes under tough circumstances against a front two who were, uh, you know, really had the bit between their teeth in the first half. And again, um, when Taylor and Harrison came off, they brought Proctor and Wilson on two experienced centre forwards at this level. And, and I thought Clyde dealt with all four of them really well. So really pleasing to have him back and you know, looking to see a lot more of him on the pitch in the near future. That's one player you've had recently returned from injury. Are there any other concerns for you? No, no, no new concerns. Uh, just everything as usual since the weekend. So yeah, everything's just ticking over nicely. And just on the Pompey fans, obviously another home game, second consecutive one on a weekend. Their support has been nothing short of sensational recently. What's your message to them ahead of ahead of the Forest Green game? Yeah, more, more of the same really. And and just to, to stick with us, I know sometimes there was a bit of frustration in the first half, especially on Saturday. But I think if you if you look at the the turnaround by the end of the game and and how I think pleased the the fans were that the the lads at least came out in the second half and had a go and, and got back into the game. That's the minimum that they expect, and, and they showed that with under the levels of the, the support um, that they showed throughout the whole ninety minutes. So yeah, the message is, you know, you make. A huge huge difference as I've always said and, and stick with us sometimes things won't go 100% to plan but but stick with us we're, we're making sure that we're, we're putting every effort into to get the results and get the performances that everybody at Fratel Park wants to see John Messina's pre-match thoughts where you can hear that again tomorrow on Pompey Live from 2 o'clock score predictions coming in on Facebook Steve's going for a 2-0 win Keith on the emails is going for a 3-1 Pompey victory Mark Coates your prediction I'm going 3-0 I think Pompey are going to go up and sneak the payoffs this year lovely stuff thank you Mark that'd be great on Pompey's anniversary celebration Matt uh, Matt Corrick, your score prediction, please, sir. Uh, I'm going for 2-0 as well, Jake. I, I think we, we'll hopefully break them down early and, and then we'll hopefully get the opportunities to finish them off. OK, then, it's almost time for the big one. Pompey at home to Forest Green Rovers this weekend. Tomorrow from 3 o'clock is kick-off at Fratton Park. You can join us here on Express FM from 2 o'clock for all of the pre-match build-up. We'll have that interview with John Lucino again and we'll also have some very, very special guests between 2 and 3 o'clock as well. Plenty of big faces showing up at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon for the club's 125th anniversary celebration. We'll hopefully have the likes of Johnny Ertel, Herman Haradison, Pedro Mendes and much, much more to come throughout the day tomorrow. So stay tuned on social media at ExpressFM on Twitter and ExpressFM on Facebook as well. We'll be back from 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Myself, Robbie James and Jay Sadler as well as those special guests to come as Pompey hosts Forest Green Rovers at Fratton Park for the first ever time in the two clubs' history. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey came from 2-0 down to earn themselves a point at home to Port Vale. There's the equaliser, Michael Jacobs, and two goals in a matter of minutes has turned it around at Bratton Park. Pompey hosts Forest Green Rovers next as the Football Club celebrates its 125th birthday. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. And we really do have a fantastic show lined up for you tomorrow afternoon, Blues fans, from 2 o'clock. All of the build-up from Fratton Park. We'll have some special guests on the show, as well as, of course, myself, Robbie James, and Jay Sadler, uh, when Pompey Live returns from 2 o'clock. We'll be celebrating the club's 125th year anniversary. Stay tuned on social media 
tomorrow morning as well on at Express FM on Twitter and uh, Express FM on Facebook as well. We're starting from two, but we'll have plenty of surprises throughout the morning and lunchtime as well. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. Big thank you to both Mark and Matt for joining me on the show tonight. Matt Corrick, thank you very much. Have a fantastic weekend and enjoy the game tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do, Jake. You too. Thanks for, thanks for having me as always, mate. And a big thank you as well to Mark Coates. I'll see you in the press box. See you there, Jake. Cheers. Looking forward to what should be what should be a good game for Pompey at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. The Milton End will be reopened for Pompey fans tomorrow to try out the new rail seating in that half of the Milton End, which has recently been developed. You can catch a lot going on before the game, the Victory Bar open with guests including the likes of Alan Barley and Yakubu. Johnny Ertel, Martin Kuhl, Pedro Mendes and Sveteslav Todorov will be in the fan zone from one as well as the DJ as well. Herman Horanderson and Doyle on the pitch um, before the game as well. But until then, Pompey fans, have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy what's to come tomorrow and play up Pompey. Good night.